Hello, friends. This is Pastor Chris with the Church Can Happen Anywhere podcast. I am here at Peace Tree with our Minister of Discipleship, Dr. Harry Durbin. Harry, how are you doing this morning? Good morning, Chris. I'm doing well. Good to be with you. We're going to jump into a question that was sent in by one of our listeners. Uh, Before we do that, just wanted to get your thoughts about the Grizzlies playing against the Lakers in round one of... uh, the NBA playoffs here, we're, we're going to be hosting this upcoming Sunday. Uh, right now it is, we're recording this on Wednesday, April the 12th. It is the Wednesday following Easter Sunday. The Lakers beat the Timberwolves last night. And so now we know that the Lakers are going to be coming to Memphis Sunday, a two o'clock tip off at the FedEx Forum. And it's going to be on ABC as far as the broadcast is concerned. Uh, what are your thoughts about Anthony Davis and LeBron James coming to Memphis? What are what are our chances uh, of of getting the the win in this series against the Lakers? Well, I think it will be an absolutely uh, exciting series to watch, Chris. Yeah. I predict we'll win in six games. Okay. I think it is a best of seven. So yes. Yeah. They'll be close games. Yeah. We we may uh, have a blowout at home, one blowout at home, but. But, yeah, but it'll be tough out in LA. Oh yeah, and it will be tough to stay awake <laughs> that, that late at night. It, it will, but I, I'll manage it. Yeah. But I'll pay the price the next morning. Oh yeah, uh, I, you know I, I don't think LeBron wants to go out in the first round, so he's going to try to do everything he can. But at the same time, they're like a a five hundred team. You know, there there's a reason we're you know the second seed in the West and. They had to win a play-in game. Is Adams going to be able to play? Uh, he's been practicing with the team. Okay. He's been practicing with the team, but they haven't cleared him to play. But he also they also haven't done any sort of surgery on him. So, well, so we, we could certainly use. We him. could definitely use Stephen Adams. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, uh, let's we'll, we'll stop our grizzly talk uh, at that point and just hope for the best for our hometown team. The Memphis Grizzlies taking on the Lakers this upcoming well, Sunday. Well, here, here's, here's a good transition. We're going to talk about a different animal other than the Grizzly, right? That's it. We're talking about a, a different animal completely. And so we can get to that right now. Good. Our question came in from one of our listeners asking about the cult that is mentioned in the Gospels, the cult that Jesus rode into Jerusalem upon when it was Palm Sunday, uh, the beginning of the Passover festivities and uh, the specific meaning of the word cult. Uh, And there was a reference to Matthew 21. So we both jumped into Matthew chapter 21 and looked at not only the word, but other references to other passages of scripture, particularly in the Hebrew Bible or what we would call the Old Testament in reference to King Solomon, King David. And I even found a reference uh, at the end of Genesis as Judah is hearing from his father, Israel, uh, about their future and what was waiting for them. So uh, we've, we've got some interesting findings 
the specific question we got was uh, what word are the translators using for cult? Because in English, and in, in our understanding, uh, this listener is a, a farmer, uh, the definition of colt in, in the horse world is a young horse that's usually green broke. That means they are not experienced to people riding them. This is what was sent in to us. So the colt that Jesus r- rode into town had either never had a person on its back or it had been ridden very uh, little as far as its life is con- was concerned, had not been ridden very many times and was still being trained So this small act of Jesus riding on a colt was either a miracle or a rodeo show. And since the Bible doesn't talk about a rodeo on his ride into Jerusalem, I have to think it was quite the miracle. How do I dig into scripture uh, for more of a background? So that's what came to us. And uh, we have just celebrated Easter. We were 10 days, 11 days past Palm Sunday. So we're kind of taking a look back. We covered the Apostles' Creed during our Lenten series. And uh, on that particular Sunday, I didn't spend that much time on the triumphal entry into Jerusalem. We didn't talk that much about the palm branches and the cloaks and the coats being placed on the ground as Jesus rode into the city uh, through one of the gates. Uh, So it wasn't until after Easter and after Palm Sunday that I have really been able to dig into this. So that's why we're coming to people today on the podcast with this particular subject and answering this particular question. Uh, so I'll, I'll throw it over to you first. Uh, you know, we're looking at this scene from Matthew 21 specifically because that's sure. what came to us uh, over Facebook Messenger. Uh, what were some of the things that you found, and especially this question of the age of the, the cult, the foal, uh, the donkey, And was it a miracle that Jesus was able to ride this, this, uh, you know, beast of burden (laughs) into the city without it kind of haunching and throwing them off her back? Uh, What what did you kind of, what sense did you get from uh, your research? The question is intriguing, I think. And the Bible does say that the cult had been unridden. So I think we go with the presumption that this colt was the foal of a donkey and had been unridden, but not a rodeo show, likely. Mm-hmm. Probably Jesus brought peace wherever he went, so I mm-hmm. think he brought peace to the foal of the donkey in this case and was able to ride. Whether or not I would label it a miracle, I would have to think more about that, mm-hmm. but I think this masterful savior who could calm the angry sea mm-hmm. and bring peace to any place he could enter and promote healing in any place that he would choose to promote healing could likely ride for the first time a donkey that had not been ridden or, ridden or a foal of a, a donkey that had not been ridden. So I, I believe that that was within his reach and certainly it could be maybe interpreted as a sign, a wonder. Mm-hmm. I like I like that language as well as the use of the word miracle, a sign yeah. or a wonder. A sign or a wonder. Uh, that is a good way to think about it, I think. And mm-hmm. perhaps when he mounted that foal of a donkey, that perhaps was a wondrous thing for people to see because mm-hmm. 
you would maybe have expected a war horse or a military horse, but no, this this king of the Jews mounted uh, the foal of a donkey. Yeah, and and perhaps at the exact moment that he was riding into the city, uh, Pontius Pilate was riding in on a war horse. Some have thought that. Yeah, and um, I, I will say, you know, as far as a miracle or a sign or a wonder of riding an untrained, unbroken foal that uh, in Matthew's gospel, it's the only gospel that talks about both the the foal and the and the mother the mm-hmm. you know two donkeys yes uh, the the parent and the child and that perhaps Jesus would have ridden the untrained unbroken colt or foal so one commentator has the opinion that perhaps the mother rode alongside in order to uh, be a calming presence for the mm. cult and and when they shared how many people were expected to be in the city of Jerusalem I could understand that yes this would be chaotic and to just think about a, a wild animal surrounded by thousands and thousands of people would be would be pretty crazy chaotic chaotic <laughs> uh, hectic and uh, the what they shared was that within the actual walls of Jerusalem, you would perhaps see 30,000 people living there. But during Passover, when they would extend the city limits to include the surrounding villages and towns, it, it, there, there, are, there are rules and definitions and designations for how far the city can go out. And during Passover, the population would swell to 180,000 people. Wow. Uh, so six times the normal population. And to think about all of these Galileans who to the cosmopolitans living in Jerusalem, this was like foreigners. <laughs> these, these people uh, did not, you know, y'all aren't from around here, are you? <laughs> kind of a situation. Uh, and there's this large group that becomes a huge group that then travels alongside Jesus, and especially for this last two-mile stretch into Jerusalem, he decides not to walk, but to ride the colt. And uh, so I found some interesting things about, well, why why did he even have to ride a donkey? He could have just walked in. He could have walked the last two miles. We've both had a, have had opportunities to go to, to Israel, right? And you know this this walk from the Mount of Olives down to the city. I mean, I remember it being pretty steep, a pretty steep walk. I it was not out of necessity. I, I, I believe that he had to ride a donkey, and he could have walked it in. Uh, I saw plenty of people walk this steep the steep hill down to the the gates of Jerusalem. But he did it, as one commentator said, uh, to be deliberately dramatic. He wanted to be provocative on his ride into Jerusalem. And when we read the Gospels, we have the Gospel writers making allusions uh, to other passages of Scripture. Yes. 
now the people living there, seeing it with their own eyes for the very first time, I believe that they might have made the connection for themselves, that they, they knew their Torah, they knew their stories from Genesis, they knew uh, the stories of King David and King Solomon, uh, they knew what the prophets had writ, uh, had well had shared. Maybe uh, some of those prophecies had not been written, but they had been shared orally. And to see this this son of man, this son of God, riding in on a donkey, they were making certain connections in their mind that told them this is the savior that we've been waiting for. This is the messianic uh, king that we've been hoping for all this time. Uh, and so I was curious what connections to other passages of scripture, why, you know, so, so maybe we will say that to ride the cult was a sign and a wonder and, uh, and that the Prince of Peace to be able to calm this unbroken, untrained beast uh, in the midst of thousands of people was uh, a pretty special thing. Absolutely. And be- beautifully written in Zechariah 9, as we mm-hmm. know, and many can uh, follow that verse or verses. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foe of a donkey. So it's both in Zechariah, it's in it's in First Kings. It's in some earlier passages in the Old Testament, and even in Solomon's entry before being uh, installed as king, he he rides on a it references mule, or it could be also noted as a donkey. So there's this precedent. There's this earlier history in the Hebrew story that the one who is the coming king will be a humble king, mm-hmm. will be a king unlike other kings who came in military might mm-hmm. and who came on mighty horses. This king will be unlike those kings. This king will be a different king, and that is the King Jesus that comes. Yes. You mentioned Solomon. There's also in Second Samuel, in chapter 15, verse 30, we see David on this particular ascent or descent from the Mount of Olives, uh, that perhaps Jesus wanted to retrace the steps of David when he rode into Jerusalem. So he picked a very particular route in order to retrace those steps. So in 2 Samuel 15, 30, it says, but David went up the ascent of the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went with his head covered and walking barefoot and all the people who were with him covered their heads and went up weeping as they went. So it it shows David on this uh, ascent to the Mount of Olives. Jesus is coming down from the Mount of Olives. And if you fast forward to 2 Samuel chapter 16, verses one and two, it says, when David had passed a little beyond the summit, Ziba the servant of Mephibosheth met with him uh, with a couple of donkeys saddled, carrying 200 loaves of bread, 100 bunches of raisins, one 
hundred of summer fruits and one skin of wine. The king said to Ziba, why have you brought these? Ziba answered, the donkeys are for the king's household to ride, the bread and summer fruit for the young men to eat, and the wine is for those to drink who faint in the wilderness. And uh, I think it's interesting as Jesus is uh, going to Jerusalem for the Passover, if there is a purposeful reference in his mind to Second Samuel that we see donkeys that <laughs> are to be ridden by the king and bread and wine. Uh, so I think that that's kind of a, a special connection and perhaps even what Zechariah was thinking about when Zechariah made the prophecy in uh, which, which you read for us, Zechariah 9, 9. Uh, so some interesting connections b back to King David uh, as well, because uh, we know that Jesus comes from the line of David and that it was, it was important for the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem, which is the city of David. Uh, so we see this connection to King David uh, in his life from 2 Samuel uh, ch in chapter 15 and in uh, chapter 16. So those were a couple that I found. I, I had one more passage that I thought was uh, pretty interesting that I had not seen in, in other places or in like the footnotes to the study Bibles that uh, you know that I have used. And I know that you've got a study Bible in front of you. We're kind of, we're both kind of flipping around in our in our Bibles right now. Yes. Did you have Did you have any other notes or comments as far as um, you know what what's taking place here and and what's what's happening? Um, You'd mentioned First Kings as well with... Um, no, my only other comment was anecdotal. Uh, okay. I was, I was thinking about Jesus' uh, first ride on the donkey may have been with his mother Mary. Oh, yeah, yeah. When, when they made the journey over to Bethlehem. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, to, to think about going from Bethlehem to uh, to the temple yes. for, for the naming. Right, right. Um, and so, yes, a trip, a trip to Jerusalem on a donkey for uh, near the near the beginning of his life. So, which well, actually, this, this is pretty. I'm that's. I think before before he was born. Before he was born. So you're talking about it's in utero, right? In the right, womb, right? In the womb. Um, to yes, to to make that trip from Galilee, right? And she would have gone to see Elizabeth. Now, so well, I'll take it a step further then to say, <laughs> after he was born. Uh, in Bethlehem, we know what the custom was. It would be seven or eight days after you're born is when you receive your name. Right. And so, uh, you know, this is also the reason why uh, we have in our culture decided to observe his birth on December the 25th. And seven days after the 25th, you, you get to the, the beginning of the new year. Uh, that there's some symbolism in that, that um, that would be the day he would re receive his name. And right, that's, right, that's when the right. year begins. Uh, this idea that seven days after he was born, he perhaps would have ridden with his mother, swaddled by his mother mm -hmm. on a donkey from Bethlehem to Jerusalem, where he would have received his name and where uh, the two prophet, the prophet and the prophetess, would have uh, seen him with their own eyes and declared that this child was special and uh, had a purpose for his life, and then 
Mary and Joseph would have had him uh, circumcised. He would have received his name, uh, Yeshua, Jesus is what we, the transliteration in Greek. But uh, to think that seven days after his birth, he rides into Jerusalem on a, on a donkey and seven days before his death, he would have ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey. Um, just the let's just the, say donkeys are pretty important. Yeah, the, the bookends the bookends <laughs> to his life there uh, in, involve these donkeys. Um, the one commentator I read did make a, a comment about uh, this is the only time we see when Jesus himself uh, mounts a donkey yeah. or mounts any animal. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of walking. There's a lot of transportation via ship on the Sea of Galilee, but um, or by boat. Um, the last passage I was going to share comes from Genesis chapter 49. Uh, this is where Jacob is, has assembled his sons and he's, he's talking to them. You know, Jacob, who is renamed as Israel. And, and we know about Levites and we know about the, the, the tribe of Judah. And so when we get to uh, this conversation to, with Judah... Uh, at verse 10, Genesis 49, verse 10, it says, The scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet until tribute comes to him, and the obedience of the peoples is his, binding his foal to the vine and his donkey's colt to the choice vine. He washes his garments in wine and his robe in the blood of grapes. His eyes are darker than wine and his teeth whiter than milk. So that's Genesis 49, verses 10 through 12. And this idea that the king is going to come through the, the, the line of Judah, through the, the stump of Jesse, through the house of David. Yeah. Uh, it goes all the way back to Genesis and even here in Genesis 49, we see a reference to a foal and to a donkey's colt uh, being tied to the choice vine, which also has meaning for some of the things we see Jesus say in the Gospel of John, uh, talking about being the vine and we being the branches. So some pretty interesting things uh, where... Scripture can speak to each other. <laughs> Scripture speaks to each other. Sure. And, um, and the gospel writers all had different audiences that they were writing to. And, and, and at least for me, the second part to the question that we were asked by our listener was, you know, just how do I dig more into this? And if, if you're near a public library, there are... Religious, religious books. There might be even commentaries that are in a public library. Um, if you are connected to a local church, ask your pastor if they have a personal library and maybe some commentaries or that they'd either be willing to, to loan or to make a photocopy or bring your phone and snap a couple pictures of the passages that you're interested in. And and there's, there's the internet, but I would say... For me, what's been great is I've had uh, access to the ATLA religion database through my seminary as an alumni. Uh, and some folks might even be close to a university or a college somewhere where they could go to the college or university library or seminary library 
uh, and and be able to go in and, and check out books or just to read them there uh, if they had questions specifically about a word or a passage. Because I'd say that the, the one thing I saw as far as the translators are concerned was that the that Greek doesn't have as many uses for the word donkey as English. You know, like English doesn't have that very right. many. But Greek doesn't have very many either. Hebrew probably has more. But we're reading out of the New Testament. It's written in Greek. So I at least saw that the words that were used were pretty general terms. But when the English translators are trying to interpret what the gospel writers wrote and can see the passages that they're referencing. We see foal and colt and donkey in Genesis and in 1 Kings and in 2 Samuel and in Zechariah 9 that, uh, that perhaps trying to convey if there were two animals or if there was just one donkey that this is the kind of foal or colt that Jesus would have ridden in on. And, um, and so those are just maybe some tools for our listeners to consider if they really do want to dig deep. Uh, get a good study Bible. If you want some recommendations, message us at office at peacetree.church and Dr. Durbin and I can share some of the study Bibles that have been useful for us um, and, and get connected with, with a pastor or with a university where you can check out different commentaries and, 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 and different reference books that could be helpful. One, one reference point that I've found helpful through the years it, it needs a little updating now because of the person that uh, has maintained it has had some difficulty recently, but textweek.com, yes. T-E-X-T-week.com, they had four separate articles on donkeys. Oh, really? So if you want to do more work on donkeys, you could look at that. But, but they had uh, probably 50 commentary articles that you could reference on passages related to yeah. Palm Sunday. Okay. So that's a rich resource. It Some of it's written scholarly basis, so you do really want to dig deeper if you want to go to that site. But yeah. some of you want to dig deeper, so I'll commend it to you if you want to do that. Yeah. So that yeah. So that's textweek.com, T-E-X-T-W-E-E-K.com. That's it. That's it. And, uh, and I'd say the Vanderbilt Divinity School Library has a pretty good compilation of lectionary texts. Uh, so if folks don't know what the lectionary is, it's this three-year cycle that takes readers through the majority of the Bible, through Psalms, through epistle writings, through Old Testament and uh, writings and gospel readings. And they do a good job with prayers and with artwork and uh, with articles that could be helpful to somebody who is studying for themselves, preparing for a Sunday school class, preparing for a sermon. Uh, so that's uh, what we'll offer today as far as the donkey, the foal, the colt on which Jesus rode into Jerusalem and perhaps some tools that could be helpful for you, listener, uh, as you dive deeper into scripture and do this work of, uh, of figuring out what did the original author mean? How did the original audience hear this? And how do I take the meaning that I have now learned for that group of people and apply it to my life today? 
So Dr. Durbin, thank you for spending some time with me this morning as we look back at Palm Sunday. Uh, we had a wonderful Easter service here at Peachtree this past week. We and did. We've got Confirmation Sunday coming up this upcoming Sunday. And I know one of uh, your grandchildren will be confirmed in the church. Yes, that's going to be a, a great day to be with the four young people who will be confirmed, including my grandson. And last year had a granddaughter who was confirmed. So that was a special time as well. So yeah. really looking forward to this coming Sunday. So our friends that are listening, if you're not in the Memphis metro area, you can always tune into Peachtree on our Facebook watch page and we upload videos to YouTube after the fact. And if you are in the Memphis metro area, we hope that you'll join us in person at 9315 East Shelby Drive in Carnival, Tennessee. We worship every Sunday at 10 o'clock central time. And uh, we've got some fun things that are happening with Lakeshore. Uh, we've got a benefit concert that's going to be coming up on Earth Day. That's April the 22nd. Reverend Gary Lawson Sr. is the executive director at Lakeshore. He's going to be preaching at our Creation Care Sunday service with communion on April the 23rd. Uh, you and I are going to be starting a new series at the end of the month that's going to take us into May. And you've got a Bible study as well that's starting up tomorrow uh as i record this it's uh it, we're we're on wednesday right now this uh this actually might air on thursday morning so okay. uh, as some people might be listening to this and might want to run over to the church on thursdays y'all are starting a new bible study you want to tell us a little bit about we that? are it's entitled signs and wonders the leader by video is amy jill levine who is a professor at Vanderbilt. She's a wonderful teacher and she will be our guide and I'll help facilitate the study. We'll meet in the conference room at Peace Tree Church for six consecutive Thursdays at 10.30 a.m. So I hope you'll join us. If you can't join us this first one, come next week, uh, which let's see, we begin, let's see, this tomorrow. Yeah, the tomor what? Tomorrow will be the, the th 13th. 13th and then and it should 13th, take us through May 13th, the, 20th, 27th and 6th consecutive yeah, starting think, on the 13th. I think it should take us up through May 18th I believe. So and The first one is about the man who was told to take up his pallet and walk. Mm. So it, it's an exciting study. I've uh, worked on that one and, and heard the video and I know you'd be blessed to come and join us uh, tomorrow. Wonderful. So uh, if you're looking to dive deeper into scripture and you want to do so with some fellow pilgrims and some neighbors, then join us here at Peachtree in the conference room Thursdays at 1030 for the pastor's Bible study with Dr. Durbin. And I, I do thank you for joining me today. And uh, we'll take other questions that you might have. Listeners, uh, email us at office at peachtree.church or harry at peachtree.church or chris, K-R-I-S, chris at peachtree.church. Uh, you can also message us through our social media channels. All of the links will be in the show notes. But we do uh, appreciate you tuning in today and uh, keep those questions coming. Absolutely. Have a happy Easter. Happy Easter to you all. And we'll see you real soon.